Hey everyone, Alex here with episode number 20 of Sports the Nemo Way, where we will be discussing Chris Weber, who will be defended by Uncle Doug and Drew, who have him at 48 and 49, so almost identically ranked. But per usual, before I turn it over to the, to the defenders, I will cover his career a little bit. The 6'9", 245-pound power forward played for the Golden State Warriors, Washington Bullets, uh, Sacramento Kings, Philadelphia 76ers, and Detroit Pistons. He's a zero-time champ, zero-time MVP, five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, Rookie of the Year, and 15 years in the league after being taken number one overall in the draft with career averages of 29-4 and four on 47% shooting. All right, Doug, Drew, take us away. All right, well, as the elder one, I'll go ahead and start here. Uh, C-Web is my ninth power forward. Um, as usual, uh, I think Tim was probably an old guy. <laughs> uh, and it was way down on my list. He's one of the last guys on. Um, but yeah, I still, still think he had a decent career. Um, he uh, peaked out at 27, 13, and 5. Uh, his points... His average points per game of 20.7 is 54 all-time. When in the all-time list, he is 98 at 17,000 and change. The rebound list, his average of 13 at 9.8 is 67th, and he's 78th on the all-time list in assists. He's quite a bit farther down the list. I've compared uh, C-Web to guys like Chris Bosh, Dennis Rodman, Pau Gasol, Bob Pettit, um, that was some of the, the people that were on the bottom of other people's lists. Um, now I also had Bob Pettit on my list. Um, Bosch and Gasol, not so much. Uh, but they were close. Uh, Rebounding-wise, uh, C-Webb was a 9.8. Bosch was an 8.5. Gasol was a 9.2. Uh, Rodman and Pettit are both quite a bit higher on rebounds. Uh, Steals, actually... For these guys, it's not a big stat, but he was 1.4 compared to 0.8.5 for Bosch and Gasol. Blocks, 1.4 for C-Web, 1 for Bosch, 1.6 for Gasol. Uh, points, 20.7 for Webb, 19.2 for Bosch, 17 for Gasol. Um, again, not a huge difference. He was a little better than Gasol on the points and a little better on rebounds. He was a little better than Bosch on both those things as well. Um, so that's kind of the reason he made the, the bottom of my list instead of those two. I happen to, if you were asking me personally, I personally probably like Pau Gasol better because I'm a Laker fan. So I wonder why. Because <laughs> I'm a Laker fan. Um, I also like the uh, I like the Toronto Raptor, Chris Bosch. Um, I was kind of surprised at some of C-Web's numbers. Uh, C-Web had an interesting career. I saw, again, another reason I probably ended up with him on my list is a little bias from the Fab Five. Uh, I remember watching him play at Michigan. Uh, that was an exciting bunch of players to watch. I don't won't say he was my favorite of that bunch. Um, I kind of liked Juwan Howard. Didn't nearly have the, the pro career. I also liked Jalen Rose. Um, but... Uh, let's see, C-Web, oh, sorry, 
Um, oh, those are both we talk. Yeah, part of his problem, I think, with some of his point wise, as you talked about, his peak was twenty seven and thirteen. Uh, he did have uh, some knee trouble and micro fiber microfracture surgery at least I want to say a couple times maybe he had uh, things went down after that he did have some playoff success uh, he had about 80 starts in the playoff uh, unfortunately he was about 40 and 40 uh, split down the middle he did have 31 double doubles in the playoff and a triple double um, mostly scoring in the 37 times he was 20 to 29. Uh, 30 times he was 10 to 19 scoring, so he scored fairly well in the playoffs. He also rebounded well. Um, he had some epic battles when he played for the Kings <laughs> with the Lakers back in the days. Uh, so he had some good times. And ironically, he didn't really want to go to the Kings. Um, and Kings franchise before he went was awful. And uh, he didn't want to go play there. And uh, But he went, and they ended up having some pretty good teams. Uh, they were a pretty exciting bunch to watch. Yeah, they were one game away from on the finals. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe the biggest uh, yeah hose job in the O two uh, Western history. Conference Finals. Yeah. Yeah. What's that about? ref's name? They got caught cheating. That was Donahue. That was refing the game, Donahue. I believe. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, There's been a lot of controversy about that. So, like I said he did have some playoff success, but no titles, um, no MVPs. Was Rookie of the Year. Um, so again, he did make the bottom of my power forward list and the bottom mile time list um, as Wade has mentioned before when you get to the bottom there's going to be some discussion so for sure I was interested that I thought it was funny that you guys had him at 48 and 49 like you guys are literally almost putting the exact same yeah. spot so he just he kind yeah. of snuck, he in, snuck the in right there he's my number 10 power forward so he snuck in he's your, is your number 10 as well number 9 on my list number 9 yeah. sorry um, so Drew you got anything to add I'm uh, just a quick little thing. I don't really. What's the difference between uh, Chris Webber and Chris Bosch? Championships. So if you put Chris Webber where Chris Bosch was, you think they went to? Probably. Okay. That's why I say that. Okay. Um, that was my little comparison that I had in my head. My dad touched on points and all that. How he's ahead of Chris Bosch. All of them. Want to compare my last power forward to Chris Weber? I know it's Bob Pettit. Don't even say that. <laughs> That's why Bob Pettit was on my he's our, list. He's our superior. And, um, I'm Bob not arguing. Was on my list. I'm not arguing your last. We all know he's on my list. Yeah, I had him higher than, than Weber, so I really couldn't say. Too I much bet about Chris Weber's better. <laughs> I'm just joking. I bet he's not. Does he have an MVP? No. <laughs> just keep telling us these negative things about Chris Weber. Does Chris Bosch have an MVP? No, he does not. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, Wade, Ray, what you got? Uh, you want to go? Go ahead. Um, I, mean, I think Chris Webber was really good. Um, when I first started watching basketball, like old enough when I actually watched it, I kind of knew what was going on. It was kind of his prime when he was facing off against Shaq and Kobe in the West Finals. And those those Kings teams were really good. Uh, Weber and Divock and Christie and Bibby and Jackson and all those guys, they're really good. Um, I, don't, I don't think anyone here is going to debate that Chris Weber is really good. He was super talented. But, I mean, I, I watched him play and I looked at his stats and I, I kind of got to thinking about it. Like, why isn't he considered kind of that lower tier, t- 
top 10 power forward. And everything I've researched about him came up that he, he came up short all the time. And that he um, he had some moments where he kind of disappeared or that um, he was more interested in having a, a flashy block than he was actually rotating where he was supposed to and, and guarding his man or this is the stuff I read. I, I don't know. I don't remember all this stuff. Um, then I, I was like looking up on ESPN and stuff like that. And I think they have him ranked like 66 at, at the all time list. So that's still a decent ranking. Um, yeah. I'll, I, believe, I'll, I believe Bill Simmons in the basketball pyramid has him in 90. Yeah. I think he's kind of a, a what if. I think everyone talks about how supremely talented he was. He could do, I think his all around game was probably better than a lot of other power forwards on our list, to be honest. I mean, his passing was extremely, extremely good. Obviously, he rebounded and scored very well. Um, I don't think his defense was great, but I think it was okay. Um, but it, it kind of seems like he just he just he came up short um, in a few different areas. And he was a lot of that I read anyway said that he was interested in looking good and being flashy than than he was um, doing what he's supposed to, I guess. But uh, but I don't I don't know. But I'll, I'll let Ray go. Okay. Um. I really enjoyed watching the Sacramento teams. That was probably probably my second favorite team at the time, watching them because I really like Bibby and I like when Jason Williams come in. So it was a really exciting time to watch that team besides the Pacers. But I'm looking at the stats and I'm boggled by this one. He played 15 years and he's only got 831 games in. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't know. That's pretty crazy when I look at that. But I mean... Even with the games, he's still got a killer, you know, pretty stat line besides, like, the last, you know, four years. I mean, the stat line looks really good. But it just boggles the mind with that 831 games. He averaged 55 games a year for his career. Yeah, that's pretty crazy to me. Which is Kawhi Leonard-esque. Well, I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going (laughs) to be on that bandwagon of, you know, name drops. I was going to try and stay away from that. Two less championships. Huh? <laughs> two less finals MVPs. Two less defensive player of the year awards. Defensive player of the year. But uh, yeah, I really like Chris Weber. I have nothing against him. Um, I just like like Wade said, he just never really went to that next level when it needed to be done, especially when it was his team that he was leading the charge on. So, well. To piggyback on what you said, Ray, those Kings teams were fun to watch. Oh, yeah. They were very good. Well, they had two really good passing big men. That's not only C-Web, but Vlade Divac. Oh, they, go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, Pedro Stojakovic, Doug Christie, Mike Bibby, um, Bobby Jackson, Gerald Wallace. Oh, yeah, Bobby Jackson. Mom's favorite, Scott Pollard. Oh, we got love Scott Pollard. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, then, uh, <laughs> Uncle Brad, Brad Miller came. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love me some Brad Miller. Oh, yeah. Brad oh, yeah. Um. Anyway, those king those king scenes were really fun to watch. But um, Wade can back me up on this. I've said multiple times. I actually made a big deal about it a couple years ago. Um, I think, and I still stand by it, that Chris Weber is the most talented power forward of all time. He could do more on the basketball court than any power forward ever. He was more all around. Um, he had great footwork, great hands. He was a very good rebounder, shot blocker. He had a phenomenal jump hook with both hands. 
Um, if he's if he's not the best, he's one of the best passing big men of all time. He had a nice jumper. He was athletic, very athletic before his knee injuries. Strong. He dribbled well, so well that he used to lead the break like a point guard when he after a rebound. Um, it was like C. Webb was built in a lab to be the perfect <laughs> power forward. But that's the problem. What did he do with it? He doesn't have any rings. He barely has any awards. He couldn't even consistently make the all-star team. Um, so, and the, here's the big one. One that I haven't been able to say too much is he's not a Hall of Famer. Mm, yeah. Is he in the, the finalist this year? He is in the finalist this year. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's been in it a couple times. They just keep not letting him in um, for whatever reason. Um, so I feel like Chris Webber squandered his career. Um, C. Webb had an issue getting along with people during the course of his career, whether it was coaches, teammates, general managers. Um, he was. He was uh, drafted by Orlando and traded for Penny Hardaway. Um, so he was in Golden State, where he was coached by Hall of Fame coach Don Nelson. Um, he played with two uh, guys on that team that were all NBA. Tim Hardaway and Latrell Sprewell, which was second team all NBA that year. Um, before he, a couple years later, choked out his coach. Um, <laughs> But and All Star Chris Mullen, who was on Ray's list, oh, was yeah. also on that team. Um, and they made the playoffs. And Chris Weber won Rookie of the Year. And Chris Weber told the Warriors, "Either fire Don Nelson, or I'm opting out of my contract." Because back then, you uh, rookies had stupid things in their contracts, like an opt out after the first year. Um, you know, that was before the CBA took over rookie contracts and you were guaranteed four years or whatever. So, um, so the Warriors would not fire Don Nelson and they traded Chris Weber, um, because he didn't want to play an up tempo offense, <laughs> um, to the Washington Bullets, which are now the Wizards, for those of you that might be confused. Um, where he played alongside his former Fab Five teammate, Juwan Howard. Um, and the other big on that team was Rasheed Wallace, who played, those two played a lot because Weber didn't hardly play away the four seasons he was in Washington. Um, and their point guard was Rod Strickland. Oh, yeah. This was a very, very talented Washington Bullets team. Oh, yeah. um, but Chris Weber was too busy. Um, getting stoned all the time and partying and um, not playing in games um, and being a jerk um, to take advantage of another super talented team that he could have done really great things with. Um, and he eventually forced his way out of town there because of his actions. And the Hall of Famer, um, all-time great Wes Unseld, who was the GM of the Bullets at that time, said, Weber doesn't understand what it means to be an NBA player, and I don't think anybody will ever win with Chris Weber. Well, it turns out he was right, but uh, um, hey, who knows? Um, but 
he was traded to Sacramento, where Uncle Doug said earlier he did not want to be, and was very public about how he did not want to be there. Well, then, after a year, he was a free agent, an unrestricted free agent. And two teams offered him a contract, the Sacramento Kings and the then terrible, awful, awful Detroit Pistons. So he re-signed with the Sacramento Kings because nobody else tried to pay. I think, and you couple that with now that he does not speak to any of his Fab Five teammates, I think that says a lot about Chris Weber's character, or at least as a teammate. Whether he's a good person or not, I don't know. Um, so that goes into part of why I think he squandered his career. Um, but uh, with Weber's numbers, Uncle Doug touched on some of his numbers earlier. Weber, uh, in scoring, Weber is 18th all-time among power forwards, behind guys like Chris Bosh, who he played three more seasons than. Um, behind other guys like Paul Gasol and Tom Chambers. <laughs> don't even we <laughs> we don't even want to talk about old Tom, even though yeah, um, he's twenty even... he's twenty fifth all time among power forwards and rebounding, behind guys like Sean Kemp, Pau Gasol. He's sixteenth all time among power forwards and blocks, behind guys like Sean Kemp, Pau Gasol, and no defense Dirk Nowinski. <laughs> um, hey. Last episode, we talked about Dirk in 100 blocks that one season. Yeah. Um, so now, maybe part of the problem is over his 15 year career, he only averaged 55 games a year. So that maybe hurt his uh, overall numbers there. Um, and I know from previous debates, Uncle Doug doesn't like the total number of debates. He likes the uh, per game stuff. Um, well, oh, sorry to interrupt, but I was no, going to say just the, real quick on the total number thing. Uh, you're right. Bosch did outscore him. They're they're right next to each other. They they're are, they're, they're like quick, yes. 98 and 99 or 98 and 97, and they're about seven points apart. Yeah. And Bosch actually played 60 more games and three less seasons. Right, three less seasons, but he played more games and only scored seven more points. And Pow did outscore him, but Pow played 400 more games. <laughs> anyway, go on. Go ahead. Um. So I do have the. Uh, the per game rankings among power forwards, where he is tenth all time among power power forwards in points per game, twelfth in rebounds, thirteenth in blocks. Um, so that's where he falls in the points per game. Um, but the other thing that really bothers me about C Web, and this is a me more some of it's a me thing, um, is the inconsistency of his numbers over his career. And this is what I mean, like his field goal percentage. He has a season where he shot 55% from the field. Oh. He also has a season where he shot 43% from the field. Mm. Or his three-point percentage, where one season he shot three threes a game and shot 44% from three. Oh, nice. And then a couple seasons later, he shot 7% from three. Seven. His free throw percentage, he shot 75% one year, and then two seasons later shot 45%. His rebounds. One year he leads the NBA in rebounds per game at 13. And then another season he averaged 7.6. Blocks. 
His rookie season, he averages 2.2 blocks per game, the highest of his career. Five or six years later, he averages 0.9 blocks per game. And all of these are during his prime and pre-injury. I did not pick on him late in his career like, oh, well, in his 15th season. (laughs) I didn't do that. Those are all during his prime. Which raises a lot of questions for me. I don't have the answers to those questions necessarily. But, like, free throw percentage, bro. 75 and 45, that's a 30% swing in a couple of seasons. Did what you... Like, was the effort? Was it practice? Was it injuries? I, 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 I don't know. Did you, did you, did you have hand injuries that stopped you from shooting well for a couple of seasons? I, I, I don't know. But his numbers are all over the place. Like when you just like scroll down his his career numbers, it's just like you can't get a read on where he's at in anything uh, outside of maybe points per game. Uh, you know, at the end of his career, in the beginning of his career, they're slightly lower. In the middle, they're you know obviously higher but everything else is just all over the place and it's real inconsistent to look at which i think once you add in the character stuff kind of comes together with i don't know these are the reasons though i don't have chris weber on my list can i ask you a question alex yes do you think chris weber is a hall of famer in your opinion yes i would put i would vote for him being hall of fame if i had a vote i do not they won't let me vote oh (laughs) I just want to ask you. But I will I will tell you this. Um, I really liked Chris Webber growing up. Wade and I used to uh, collect Chris Webber basketball cards. I, I have his jersey for Sacramento. Yeah. Um, so I really like Chris Webber. I don't I don't want to say he's on the Grant Hill level for me because I really liked Grant Hill. Um, but Chris Webber was always really good. Uh, like I said, I think he's the most talented power forward of all time. But I think that hurts him. Because in the back of my mind, I'm always like, bro, you could have been so much better than you were. I mean, you averaged 27 and 13 one year. Why, why didn't you do that for five or six years? Why wasn't your prime 25 and 12 instead of one season? Why did it take you bouncing around to all these teams because you were a dickhead? Um, I, I, Bill Simmons said on he has a whole podcast episode to, about Chris Weber, and during that he said, if you had Chris Weber redo his career ten times, this was the worst possible outcome. <laughs> wow. That's wrong. Weber had a huge amount of talent, you're right. And he did have now I, I didn't know about all the I knew about some of the NBA stuff. A lot of his trouble um came with the University of Michigan. Um uh, I did do a little digging into that, uh, just because I was interested. Uh, he has now started talking to, I think, Jawan Howard. Now that Jawan is the coach at Michigan, he is back at Michigan. Um, he was actually banned. Weber was banned from the University of Michigan for 10 years. Was he really? For 10 yeah. years? For 10 Damn. years. Um, over the, the scandal that occurred after the Fab Five were there. Um, actually, the, and it's, it's interesting that the first Michigan coach to invite him back was Jim Harbaugh. He invited him back to a football game to appear, do the coin flip and stuff like that. And then uh, Juwan Howard became the coach after that. So he's starting to heal a little bit of that stuff. Uh, The whole Michigan issue goes back to money. Uh, He got money from some agent 
guy back when he was in high school. Well, there's a debate about the high school. The, the state of Michigan refused to make his high school forfeit their games and state championships because they said they couldn't find any evidence of him taking money during high school. But he did get paid supposedly what he was at Michigan. This guy was trying to become his agent or get in close with him. And I think Weber has had a problem with that kind of thing. I think he always felt like players should be paid in college, which is a big debate now. And he's heavily on the pay the player side of that. All the Fab Five guys are. Yeah. Jalen Rose, Juwan Howard, they're all like, you know, Michigan made a ton of money on us, and we didn't see any of it. Right. And so I I, call it a character flaw, call it whatever. Um, I feel like he, some of his issues, where he just felt like he was above it. I mean, he was that good that, and like you said, I do, I will agree with you. He, he did not live up to his talent. And um, some of the things that happened in Michigan did bother me. That's again why he's so far down my list. Um, well, it it seems. I mean, I've watched the Fab Five documentary, and I listen to Jalen Rose a lot because I like Jalen Rose. But it seems the big divide originally at least between the Fab Five guys was they all got paid. All all five of them did. But four of them admitted to it. And Chris Bosh or not Chris Bosh, sorry. Chris Weber denies it. Right, yeah. He lied even, about it. Even though they've now proven that he got at least a hundred grand. Right. And the other ones didn't get anywhere near that. And now they're like, We 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 have it. Like we know you did it. And Chris Weber's like, Well he knows it now, I guess. But he didn't for years and even his most of his NBA career, if not all of it. He would deny it. Oh, yeah. And For Jaylen a long Rose, time, he denied yeah, it. Yeah, Jalen Rose and Juwan Howard and those guys are like, oh, yeah, they gave it to us. Like, Jalen Rose has just laid it out there. I can't remember the guy's name. He's dead now. The guy that gave him the money. He was. Yeah, I can't remember uh, his name either. But, but he was big in Mac- Michigan basketball. Yeah, he was a booster that, that whole Michigan. scene, yeah. And he was like, anytime they wanted something, they could ask him. And he'd give it. Like, Jalen Rose is like, a lot of times it was just like, hey, man, we, we want some pizzas. You know, or hey, uh, can you get us a car for the weekend to go on some dates or whatever? Hmm. Like it wasn't like always just hand them cash, all you know, or buying them expensive shit like jewelry and cars and stuff like that. A lot of times it was just like, hey man, we we're trying to eat. We're trying, we want some food. You know, can you order some pizzas? And the guy would send pizzas to the dorm. You know, and or just stupid like, hey, we need, we don't have a, none of us are able to have cars like or can afford cars or freshmen aren't allowed to have cars on campus like can you loan us some cars this weekend to take some girls out or whatever it wasn't always like what we think of you know like bags of money and i bought all your mom a house or you know whatever the crazy stuff is you know but those guys were all like yeah we did it and weber won't say it or didn't say it well there's even some of the things that i read there's some people claim that weber got money as far back as middle school from that guy Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's why there was such an investigation into his high school years. Because, I mean, I guess his high school team was pretty dominant, maybe two or three state titles. And uh, they couldn't prove it all. But, yeah, there's some people that say he may have gotten money from that guy as far back as middle school, trying to make sure he went to Michigan and helped oh, the kid wow. out and so on. So, yeah, he, he definitely kind of had an entitlement there. felt like he was good at basketball and somebody ought to be paying him. I mean, I don't disagree with his theory there. I mean, you're going to get an education, but 
I mean, you're not really getting more than that. If you're really on like, you know, slave wages next to nothing besides you paying to get an uh, education. So, I mean, you got to think you think at least you earn something, you know, playing and they, you know, selling the merchandise and selling the tickets and everything else. And you, all you get to do is, you know, get a degree that you pay for. I don't agree with anything you just said. I don't know if I want to turn this into a whether they should pay college <laughs> students debate, but uh, mm-hmm. um, I do agree that at least big time athletes bring a lot of money into their colleges. Oh yeah, um, and you know, but it's only it's very rare that athletes are good enough to do it. Um, the Fab Five may be exceptions to that rule. Or at least a couple mm-hmm. of Weber and Rose, maybe. Right. I, I think with the, the whole college thing, they need to take a hard look at, you know, the majority of the student athletes are really there to get an education. But you've got a lot, or you've got some that are the really talented guys that aren't there for an education, especially with the one and dones that we have now. And maybe we need to take a, a different look. Maybe those guys don't even need Maybe basketball needs um, a minor league, which I think they're trying to do with the G League maybe. More like baseball. So the kids from high school can start making money right away. Because, I mean, the, the Fab Five, I think most of those guys came from pretty poor backgrounds. And their families needed the money and those kids needed the money. Um, it, it's, a hard, it's a hard conversation. And uh, it needs to be addressed. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the college thing turns out. It's heated up over the years, and we have we've had multiple kids over the last few years go play in other countries. Um, now we've got three this year that play in the G League instead of playing in college. So it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. Um, but I do kind of want to steer the um, this back to um, Weber in the top fifty and um, what everybody thinks about that. Uh, I like I like I said, I was just trying to point out some character flaws. It kind of seems to me that Weber physically was maybe the most talented power forward ever and mentally just weak as fuck. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and that's what held him back. I mean, that's kind of where I, that's kind of where it leads. That would kind of explain the inconsistency. Like yeah. You can't focus if you're not mentally strong enough to make yourself focus all the time. Maybe you do get inconsistent. I mean, it's a definitely a mental blunder to call timeout when you have no timeouts left. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, of course, I like North Carolina, so I was okay with that. Right, I like Carolina <laughs> too. But the other part of this is too is he didn't do anything like that in the pros. But in big games and big moments throughout his whole career, he played hot potato. He didn't want no part of the basketball. Three minutes left in the game, Chris Weber was nowhere to be found. If he threw in the ball. He wouldn't even look at the basket. He was at the elbow like he always was, and he wouldn't even turn and look at the basket. He was just looking for somebody to run by so he could toss the ball to him. It was a hot potato thing. And that's why in Sacramento, all those Sacramento times, who took all the big shots? Mike Bibby. Because Chris Weber wanted no part of the basketball. Weber was probably a one talent, but two mentality. Yes. He, he you know, they were everybody was paying him or wanting him to be the number one on the team. Really, he played more like the number two, and so 
I I 100%, I was actually going to bring that up here in a little bit. I think Chris Webber's career would have been much better if he was Pau Gasol to Kobe and not Kobe. You know, if he because he like everywhere he went, he was asked to be the number one because they're like, oh, this is the most talented guy on the team. You know, he's really great. You know, William to be number one. I think if he'd have been a number two, now nah, it could be completely different. Because all, the other thing is too, other than that one season, the twenty seven thirteen season, he didn't put up ridiculously high numbers. So it's not like he would have had to step back his game a whole bunch to be a number two. He was low twenties for most of his career. You know, um, and you know, nine ten rebounds. Uh, it's not like unless he was playing with another dominant big. Like if he'd have stayed in Orlando and played with Shaq, maybe his rebounds would have gone down playing with Shaq or whatever. But if he'd have been, I'm trying to think of a really good guard at that time. But um, I mean, he played with Rod Strickland and Tim Hardaway. Jesus. Um, but uh, if he'd have been second fiddle, I think his career might have been more successful. Really, I. I think if we would, if he wouldn't have called that timeout in Michigan, I I think his mental stability would have been a whole lot different, and he probably could have you know stood up to be maybe a number one on a team. But sometimes that you know the insecurities after doing a big thing like that, and then you get all the media attention, negative, 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 and then it just blows your mind out of proportion. Some people can take it, others can't, and then you end up with. Chris Weber, who's playing hot potato on the team all the time because he's always thinking in the back of his head, am I going to screw this up? Am I going to screw this up? And he's got to dish the ball because he don't want to get blamed like he did in Michigan and have newspaper after newspaper and radio show saying, oh, man, that Weber, he screwed up the game this time. Oh, man, he's never going to live that down. Maybe in his mind, <clears throat> he never did. And maybe that's why he, you know, should have been, you know, he wanted to be a number two, but he was getting paid to be a number one. Uh, it does take a special mentality to be that guy that wants the ball at the end of the game and to take those shots because we fantasize it like guys like MJ and Larry never missed one. They missed them. We just, but they just kept taking them. It was like, hey, I know I missed one, but uh, next time I'm shooting it again. Well, there's we're a, go ahead. We're going to show my age again. <clears throat> Another TikTok I saw the other day. <laughs> it was Mike Lee says, I missed 27 game winners. And he says, I didn't care. I just kept shooting them. I said so that one, that, when you said that. made me think about that. Okay, right. wait. Go ahead. Sorry. I just saw a stat one time. It was uh, it had all these great, all-time great players um, and their percentages on game winning, game winning or tying shots. And Kobe Bryant was at the very bottom at like 30%. But he's considered a clutch player. But... He just shot a ton of them. Only made thirty percent of them, but he just did it. I mean, just, yeah. Kobe and Michael weren't afraid. They didn't care at all. They, that's no. right. They didn't care. And when the big moment, they wanted the chance to shine. Maybe C Web not so much. <laughs> right. But the other thing is too, is if he wasn't such a douchebag early in his <laughs> career, what kind of success could we have looked at then? Because like I'm talking like. You're looking at Weber and Sprewell and Mullins and Hardaway all playing together. And then he gets shipped off to a situation that's almost as good with Howard and Wallace and Strickland. Now, I'm missing somebody. There was, a, some, there was somebody else in the team that was good. It wasn't that level oh, necessarily. probably Calvert-Cheney. Calvert-Cheney was there. Yes, yeah. you're right. And they, like he played on teams with a ton of talent. And he, especially in Washington, 
they were all young like he was. It wasn't like he was playing with a bunch of old vets. So, I mean, they could have grown together and blossomed, potentially. And he just couldn't get his shit together. I got a, I got a question. I mean, those are all really good players, but like, we'd all agree they're not like all-time greats or anything. Is it his fault? Okay, like, we talked about circumstance last episode, um, kind of. Can we count it against him that he didn't play with Kobe like Pal? Or that, or like, Bosh played with D-Wade and LeBron? I mean, yeah, Rashid Wallace is good. Spreewell is good. But, I mean, he never played with another all-time great. All these other players, Mikhail had Bird and Parrish. I mean, all these other, I mean, Malone had Stockton the entire time. I mean, all these other players played with an all-time great. He never did. So, I mean, that's something you got to factor in, at least. I mean, it's yeah. true. I mean, he played with Hall of Famers. I, like I said, they were, they were good players. I mean, Mullins is a Hall of Famer. Um, Tim Hardaway is a Hall of Tim Famer. No, he's not. I think they kept, they've kept him out. Did they really? Yeah, he, he's, the, he's the only one of the run DMC whatever that's not in. Oh, that's my bad, man. But he's got multiple, he's got multiple All-NBAs. I know that. He was good. I mean, he's really good. Yeah. And like, I'm, a lot of the players you named were all really good players, but... They're not. Isn't hard, the Hardaway deal? Isn't that something off the court? Yeah, he's, I think he said a bunch of stupid stuff, and it right, made a lot of people mad. He made some comments that people yeah. didn't like. It was like that. kind of like yeah. a baseball Hall of Fame thing, right? One yeah. of those numbers. Yeah. But my point was, they're not all-time greats, though. Like his best team, he was the best player in Sacramento. Yes. I mean, so those teams were very good. Like they were one through seven, really good players. But I mean, but they're not LeBron. They're not Kobe. They're not D Wade. I mean, they're not Parrish and Bird. I mean, that's that's something you got to factor. Who you play with is a big, big factor on how your legacy goes down. Hey, Tim Hardaway is a five-time All NBA, same as Chris Webber. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we all say he's really good. I, I yeah. agree. I agree with what you're saying, Wade. It seems it seems logical to follow that. But let me ask you this: If Chris Chris Webber stays there and lives up to his talent, Wait, are we talking about Sacramento? No, not Sacramento. I'm talking about either one of the first two stops. Um, okay. Golden State or Washington. Do we talk about one of those players as an all-time great because the two of them formed, or three of them, however many we're talking about, formed a great team and they won a bunch? I mean, maybe. I mean, that's all possibilities. I mean, I'm, I, that was just something I just want to throw out there. I mean, those were, like you said, really good players. Um, but we all also hit on the, those Warriors teams had a losing record when they played together, so I don't know really how, how great they were. Well, the run the run TMC teams had a losing record. Yeah, um, this was after Richmond was gone by this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was Mullen and Hardaway and Latrell Sprewell. Mm. Um, I can't remember who the other starter was, but I mean they made the playoffs that season. And uh, I, I, I'm not saying they're world beers. Like maybe they wouldn't have won championships or anything like that. I'm just he just squandered his way out of winning situations. You yeah, know, a lot with a lot of talent around him um, because. I'm sure guys like T-Mac or Vince or guys that had to play on really shitty teams were wishing they played with three All-Stars. Well, we're also forgetting that Weber played with Iverson. He did. He played with Allen Iverson in, in, in the 76ers. Yeah. yeah. He um, did. That was that was post the injury, though. Um, he was still good, though. I think he, he broke he good had, stats. He had a 20-point-per-game uh, season in Philly. Yeah, I don't know about their team success, but I don't. I know after AI made the finals of one year, he pretty much had no postseason success. So I don't. They couldn't have gone far. Maybe the second round, but I'm pretty probably. I think it was a first round exit. But yeah. Well, I mean, that was a. Not that I don't want to bring you too much into Iverson, but 
that was a constant quest over Al Iverson's career was find somebody that can coexist with him. Yeah, it didn't really happen. No, it never didn't really did do that. <laughs> um, who does who does everyone have at the bottom of their power forward list? I like to do this just for comparisons. Gasol and Bosch. They, he, he he covered mine pretty well. Yeah. Wade has Pettit. I got Pettit and Anthony Davis. Again, statistically, the current player can't be touched. Anthony Davis's numbers are far superior. Yeah. We've got Rodman and Kemp. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's why I reviewed some of those guys. I looked at the bottom of everybody's list. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I had C Webb, Davis, and Dolph Shays. Okay. Or my three bottom. I mean, I don't. I mean, I think Weber was. We're continuously talking about him coming up short, which he did. And, and inconsistencies and personality, but I mean he did average twenty and nine for his career. I mean as much as he underachieved, I mean twenty and nine is pretty hard to do for a career average. It's, it's still and like four assists, I think is it four assists? Four assists. Yep, four which, assists. But it's probably the most impressive part being a power forward and four assists a game. Well, I think so it's I mean, the most impressive part of his game. Yeah, his passing. I think it's the most impressive. Yeah, he thing. was a good passer. So I mean just. As much as he underachieved, he's still accomplished a lot. I mean, compared to a lot of players, I mean. Well, here's my question again. I think we may have beat around this in other episodes, but where do we draw the line of, okay, this guy's averaging 20 and 9 or 22 and 10 or whatever, but he only plays 50 or 55 games a season, but we got a guy that's, slight, that's slightly less, but he's here all the time. Yeah, because I mean, Weber I mean, was yeah. just continuously missing games his whole career. I mean, like it was like nine of eleven first seven, nine of eleven seasons beginning his career, he played like less than seventy games or seventy or less games. Um, I mean, that's even early when he's young and yeah. not that's uh, pre knee stuff. I mean, it's I think we brought this up three or four times. Um, I don't think any of us really have an answer. I mean, I I remember bringing it up with Reggie and. Another shooting guard. Would you rather have twenty years of a really good player, or well, not twenty years, but twelve to fifteen years of a really good player, or would you rather have like six of a phenomenal player, and like 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 a Pete Maravich? Like, I don't I don't know the answer. To be completely honest, it's it's I, I don't know. I'm not really sure. But I mean, I mean, you can compare him to other power forwards on our list, and he's I think he's right there with with a lot of them. Maybe not the top tier guys, or like you said, Anthony Davis is—he's currently playing, so his stats don't aren't as concrete. They're going to go down, pretty much. What I'm saying over time. Not just I mean. that, but I mean, we just covered in our last episode. Like numbers are up across the NBA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like you compare his career stats to say like McHale. I I would say Weber's are probably better. Yeah. Be completely honest. Yeah. No, obviously McHale has championships, but he also played Burden Parish. I mean, it, it it's it's hard to decipher all that. I mean, he played in the 90s and early 2000s where the NBA was still pretty rough. Pretty. Oh, I don't have a problem with the era he played in. He played, no. he played majority of his career in the 90s. Um, I don't know. Like, th- There's a couple things that are hard for me to swallow. Um, and I, I mean, I covered a bunch of things. But I mean, five all-star teams in 15 years? That's like, oh. what, what are you doing? How much, how much of that was because he played with Garnett and Duncan and Dirk? Well, Dirk would have been a little... He coexisted with Dirk a little bit, and then you he got you got Malone and Barkley in the nineties. 
he coexisted with Duncan and Garnett for like four or five years there. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how much is that him being him or him playing with four of the greatest power forwards ever. Barkley, Malone, Duncan, Garnett are probably all in our top six or seven power forwards. He oh, played. Yeah. He played with all of them. Probably mostly him. Because if I mean, you're going to be good, yeah. you're going to be good. I mean, if you're going to squander your chance, and you're going to squander your chance, and that's what he pretty much did. I mean, he squandered it, but if he's still dominating, but he's going up against Tim Duncan, who's probably the number one power forward in all of our lists, is that because C. Webb squandered it, or because Duncan's a beast? Well, I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody here thinks C. Webb's Tim Duncan. No, but that's, um, that's players he played for. No, no I, I get it. And so, would I, I'm not saying I expect him to start the All Star game over Tim Duncan. Um, but Duncan didn't get in the lead to what, 98? 90, 97, 98, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, we're talking about a guy that was drafted in 93. Yeah. And 93, you got Carmelo and Charles Barkley. Right. I mean, I mean, that's fair. I'm just saying he um, played with four of the top five or six greatest power forwards of all time. He played with all of them. I agree, but Washington's also on the other conference. <clears throat> who are we talking about? The Phoenix and the Jazz. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know who was in the East at that time. Anybody know? Power sure. forward wise, I'm kind of yeah. I'm drawing blank in the '90s. I'm not sure. I don't put a lot of faith in the All Star games too, but I I think the the five only five time All NBA is probably a little more damaging, which I shouldn't be saying since I'm defending him. <laughs> but but part of the All Star game too, maybe the the old fan voting. Um, people didn't like. Sac- you know Sac- he's not. Yeah. You know he's not getting any votes. I mean, Sacramento yeah. is not a large market. Even though Washington and San Francisco are bigger towns, they're not really super strong NBA towns. Not like San Francisco is now with Golden State. I agree with you. I don't put a ton of stock in All Star games. It just when somebody is as good and as talented as Weber, and they're not making All Star games, I look at it funny. But I mean, I, I use the same argument against Ray, so I, I guess I got to live it here. Like, if you can't make the Hall, can you make the top fifty? I mean, this this point may be moot in a couple months, but they've left him out like three or four times now. They just won't let him in. Um, I I don't know. It's there's just uh, again part of it is because he was so talented, but he didn't accomplish much. Like <laughs> he didn't. Like you're looking at zero, zero, five, five. You know, like as far as Championships, MVPs, All Stars, All NBAs. Um, he did win a Rookie of the Year, um, but there's no other awards either. It's not like he, you know, won Most Improved or or Sixth Man or no. any of those. Not, there's nothing else. No. And by the way, this is a question. He won a rebounding title. Okay, yeah. I can't remember right. what year it was. Ninety-eight, ninety-nine, thirteen per game, right? Thirteen a game. He only played fifty games that season. Where's the cutoff? I think it's about 50. I think it's is like it? 50. Yeah, I think the cutoff is about 50. No, I was, yeah. was going to say, because I'd be pissed if I was a guy that played 80 games and averaged 12.5 and he got the rebound title yeah. and played 50 games. You end up with like four or more rebounds in yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to answer an earlier question about other power forwards in the 90s, Rodman. Rodman. You know Rodman? Oakley. Um, Oakley. Prime. <laughs> you might laugh at this, but in, in, he had a couple of phenomenal years. Prime Derek Coleman. Was in the Ooh, East. Yeah, Derek um, Coleman. Larry Johnson. He yeah. was a monster for a few years. Yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot about those guys. So those were the Eastern Commerce guys he would have been going against for depending on when you yeah, because like Coleman's with the Nets. Yeah. Right. Um Johnson. Charlotte. And then the 
played with didn't he play with the Knicks for a while too? Yeah, that was he was pretty, he was pretty washed. Was pretty old, yeah, yeah. But Col- Prime Cohen was very good, and well, Prime honestly, Larry Johnson was very if good. If you're gonna talk about um, talent, Coleman's the guy that actually compares to Weber. Yeah, he's Coleman another guy good. that squandered a career because Coleman could do everything you wanted on basketball. Did he have yeah, drug or alcohol good. problems or something like that? Was it him or I think it was someone else? I forget what happened to him. That was I was still pretty young at that point. I can't quite remember. Yeah, I just I don't remember what happened to him. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Weber's just a really weird case for me. I'm telling you, bot- the bottom of the list get real tricky, real mm-hmm. tricky. They they do. We're switching people in and now. Well, some of them are similar. Like we said, but you know who the top dogs are, and then you have that little middle stage, like right below them, and that that bottom section is really just. There's a bunch of really, really good players that play in the NBA. It's just, you know, what you like, what you don't like. If you like Twizzlers or you like Reese's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Essentially, all five of us have 32 players that made all five of our lists. So that's 32, everybody's 50. And then after that, there's a bunch of guys that made most of our lists. There's quite a few guys that made four lists. Um, and qu- a few guys that made three lists. So really, we're just still at this point in the uh, podcast, really. We're just o- arguing over the last ten guys on everybody's 50. We've been doing nine and ten almost yeah, the entire yeah, time. Yeah, pretty much. So, this is my ten power goal. Outside of like two we? or three people, we got, yeah, we're arguing over nine and ten every time. We are, and that, but we're coming up on a stage where guys are going to start moving, um, where we're going to get a guy where we're arguing. We're like, hey, so and so's got him at eighteen. Like, so it's not just on their list. He's eighteen, and you don't even have him on your list. Steph Curry, Steph Curry. Let's <laughs> just go and be honest. Steph Curry. That's a little while in the future because he made four lists. That's what I'm saying. Like the difference between no list and. I think me and Drew have him pretty high, and then yeah, you two yeah. are like in the middle. Yeah. He's literally spread out everywhere. Yeah. No list, to near the top, to the middle. Yeah. Like, Except Curry is going to feel the wrath of Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> Go right. Uh, there is. I mean, Rick Barry is another one. That He's coming up like pretty soon. Well, um, I think I think we all have him, but Bill no, Russell no, no. fluctuates oh. a lot. Bill Russell has some fluctuations. So does Reggie Miller. Yeah. Um, but Rick Barry only made three lists. I've already stated. I just forgot him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's he's pretty high on my list. I don't know where he's at on your two's list. He's pretty high on mine. Here's the funny part: is you've been like the personality police, and he is like the biggest dick in the world. <laughs> he, is, he is. Which is funny Rick that you Barry's put him that high. Four on my list. So he's fairly high on yours. Then. He's a small forward, correct, or shooting small guard? Small I actually forward. have him at 23, so. Yeah. Let's try and see where I would have put him. 23 and 24 there. Let's try and dictate where I would have put him. Give me a second here. My dad uh, has him at 30. So we're fairly close, the three of us are. Fairly close. Right there in the middle. Um, I think he's my, he's either five or six on my shooting guard list. Or small forward list. I think he's seven on my small forward list. He's seven on ABA my small forwards. That night too, because we played that for a while. Yeah, that that always muddles things up. Yes, and it does. Hated by everyone in the NBA and his own teammates. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a dick. That's, yeah. Uh, are we? Are we done on Chris Weber? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's closing statement time, guys. I can. I'll go. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with him being on your all's list. He was very good. Like we just said, the bottom of the list are a hot mess. Um, he's obviously underachieved, which I think was a, pretty much the main part of this uh, conversation. Um, I think he left a, a sour taste in most people's mouths. I think is the big thing. You kind of looked at him and were like, he was good, but he could have done so much more. But I think when you when you don't like someone or you just constantly look at them and think they underachieved or they did something that really got on your nerves, you you, you seem to kind of go away from them. And I think that's kind of what happened with Chris Weber. I think you can compare him to some people stat-wise, and he is right there or better than them. So that's probably why I'd say I have no problem with him being on anyone's list. I mean, he was, he was a monster. Um, but uh, I think we've all stated all the stuff that he did. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, I have Pettit and, and Davis on my list. I, I personally just like them a little more, but uh, that was that's pretty much it. Uh, for me, I mean, like I said, I really liked the Sacramento team. It was really exciting to watch them, but I mean, he just, he just couldn't hit that, you know, next level. Um, for me, at my bottom, I got Rodman and Kemp. Those two, you know, stood out more to me than Weber probably ever would. Um, uh, I really don't know what else to say about Weber. Like I, like before, I seen him on your guys' list. I really didn't think about like he was like. Oh, I'm like okay, cool. Weber made a list, but he was never in my mind to go on a top. 50 list at all like I never really thought about him I, you know Kemp and Rodman's more fluent in my mind than you know Weber but I mean I'm not denying that he was talented he just kind of squandered his chance and that's why he's more of a memory than more of you know you know Hall of Famer um <clears throat> I think the Wade and Ray covered it pretty well. They uh, the squandered issue, um, the lack of hardware, regardless of whether it's springs or rewards or whatever it is. Um, I did though include Weber in my power, my original power forward list as far as guys that research for my top fifty. Weber made my made my list um, and was not ridiculously far off my ten. Like I don't remember where exactly he was, but I would say he was twelve to fifteen somewhere in there on my on my power forward list. I can't remember exactly where. Um, and like I said, I enjoyed watching those Sacramento Kings teams. Thought they were a lot of fun. They actually uh, won sixty games one year. They won fifty nine the year after. That. I was saying two thousand two. They were the number one seed in the Western Conference. They yeah. had they had home court too. and they led the league in scoring two both those years. Like they were fun. They were. They were in a great offense. They had a lot of fun players, flashy players. Um, they were fun to watch, especially when they had uh, Jay Will instead of Bibby. You know, Bibby's better, but Jay Will's so much fun. Um, but uh, whoever did miss my list, you know, for the reasons I listed, and uh, he's Weber again is another big what if guy to me. Um, 
I love Penny. He's my all-time favorite player, so I don't wish this. But what if Orlando would have kept him? And him and Shaq would have played together in Orlando instead of Penny and Shaq. Mm. Um, you know, that would have been potentially unfathomable. <laughs> <laughs> but And we're also talking about 93, not 2003, where the NBA is getting ready to change. So we would have played with two big men for at least another decade. So Anyway, that's that's my closing statement on Weber. Well, again, we're, we're talking bottom of the list. He barely made my top 50. Barely made my power forward list. Um, he was very talented. He was fun to watch play in Sacramento, etc. Um, I think I looked at some of these other guys at the bottom of my list. Um, and maybe I got caught up a little bit in not trying to be biased. Um, I like Pavis an awful lot. <laughs> but <laughs> because I'm a Laker fan, maybe I passed him over and put Weber on there instead. Um, there have been some pretty good cases made for like Chris Bosh. I'm looking forward to the Dennis Rodman episode to, to see how that pans out. Uh, there might be a change at the bottom, but for now, I still think we need to, to discuss Chris. Um, well, everything you said, but I have Dennis Rodman on my list. So. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. I just think Chris Webber, some of his statistics are a little better than some of these other people's lower power forwards, and that's where I bumped him up to my number 10 power forward. So, But he did have some problems. Trivia time, Alex? Yeah, I think that wraps up the Chris Webber portion of this episode. So we can bounce right over to trivia. Um, who has the first question ready? I can go. All right, Willard. The, well, I say, I'll say the Nets franchise, as they've been to multiple locations. Um, who is their all-time leader in career rebounds? The Nets. I don't know that I know the answer to this. Damn it. By the way, Blake Griffin dunked tonight. There <laughs> <laughs> Random there. Okay. I just saw it. Hey, that says something right there. When a guy for the first like six years of his career had over 200 dunks a year. And now we're like, hey, guys, it's awesome. Blake Griffin dunked tonight. Yeah. For the first time in a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. I, we were just been talking about it for weeks now. We didn't just talk about it. Yeah, we did. Okay. Everybody got answered? I did. I'm told. Okay. Career leader in rebounds for the Nets. Yeah, I've got mine. Yeah, I got one. I'd be surprised how many of these are just. I was trying to find like a good one to make people think, and obviously you go all these teams with these great centers. It's like, well, that one's obvious. This one's obvious. All right, I'm ready. Okie dokie, let's go. Right. I put Brooke Lopez. I put Brooke Lopez. Okay. I said Kenny Martin. Oh, Ooh, okay. that's a good one. Oh, I said Coleman. Coleman and who do you have? Uh, Lopez, Lopez. I think we're in the top three. There were two and three. Number one is Buck Williams. Williams. I oh, couldn't I remember his name. I was trying to come up with the name because I knew he made a bunch of all-star yeah. teams with them. He slaughtered everybody. He had like 9,000. I think Brooke <laughs> Lopez was second with 4,000. Oh, wow. And then Coleman was right behind uh, Lopez. Nice one, Wade. Anybody want to go next? I'll go ahead. All right. Which team did Lenny Wilkins lead to an NBA championship? 
I don't know. <laughs> did he lead a team? Who who's it again? Said which team did Lenny Wilkins lead to an NBA <laughs> championship? I got my say I don't even know who that is. Well he's one he's like third all time in wins as a coach. Yeah, he coached the Hawks a long time. So if that tells you anything, he played a long, long time ago. No, let me think of an old team. There's a lot of old teams. I know. I don't want to go super old. But I think I'm going to pick one that's not been around. Like right now. If you want, I'll give you a year hint. Sure. 79. Oh. I want to raise my answer. 79. I'm just keeping mine. I don't care. 79. Holy cow. Bum, bum, bum. Alright, I'm ready. Alright. said Seattle. I put, okay. this, I, put, Seattle. I put the Sonics. I didn't write anything down. <laughs> I'm, I'm a dumb Alright, the correct answer is the Super Sonics. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Got three points. Um, Logan's wasn't, all, wasn't Dennis Johnson also on that team? Yeah, I believe DJ was on that team. Didn't he win Finals MVP? Uh, that I'm not sure about. But I they, know were, DJ, they were a fun team to watch. I know DJ used to put up pretty crazy stats before he went to Boston. So I mean, he was he was good. Wade, you got that one right. Yes. And Doug, you got that one right, correct? Yep. And Drew, you had no answer at all. I, I, My lead expands no over Drew. I had no idea. A little uh, before your time. 79 was just a little bit. Same next year you graduated well, high school, Dad. Yeah. I don't say it was before everyone's time. It's Uncle Doug. I was going to say, uh, I wasn't born yet either, but. Yeah. I'll tell you where you go. Sure, I'll go. Um, I like to do, I try to timeline into the night's topic. So tonight we're going to talk Fab Five. C-Web, Jalen Rose, Jawan Howard. Who were the other two? I, I know one for sure, and now I'm sitting here going, who was the fifth one? I will tell you that, of course, C-Webb, Rose, and Howard yeah, went on to good NBA careers. One of the other two made it to the NBA for a very short period of time, and the fifth one did not make it. He played in the CBA, but never caught on really with the NBA. Dang. I'm going to miss this because I can't think of this guy's name. I don't know, so I just put down random weird players in the NBA. Yep, All right. I'm ready. I'm going to answer this one. So let's see. Just list random weird players that I did. I'm ready. That's down to you, Alex. No one else knows. <laughs> I said I was ready. No, I'm saying you're the only one that knows the answer, or might know the answer. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Guys. Tom what? Chambers and James Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> I put Scott Pollard and Raja Bell. Oh, not Scott Pollard. Scott Pollard. Who is Scott, Scott Pollard? Pollard? Went to Kansas. Yes, Google Google Scott Pollard. All right, I just went some random names. I said Snake Plissken and Jack Bauer. <laughs> okay. Jack Bauer. Well, I know for a fact one of them's name is King. That's correct, Jimmy King, and he did make the NBA. Uh, but the other one, I don't. No, so I put Johnson. Uh, Ray Jackson. Jackson. Oh. <laughs> oh, so close. close. You were close. You were close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's that leave? Me. And, and me. 
Kendrick. You ready? You want me to go? You can go. All right. I got a real tricky one for you guys tonight. What NBA team in China is named the Red Oxen? So, NBA team in China is called the Red Oxen. I got one. That's probably something stupid like the Pelicans or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. The Red Oxen! <laughs> I got one. I'm just going to go with it. Probably the Rockets or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm into it. Okay. All right, everybody? Yeah. Are we done? How about the Bulls? I, I put the Bulls, too. I put the Bulls. Bulls. It is the Bulls. Thank Ooh, God. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank God there's an obvious one. I scored <laughs> a point this week. Been in the drought, guys. It's been like a month. <laughs> Can't wait till this podcast comes out and I'm speaking Chinese accent over here. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, we might get closed. Yeah. <laughs> you are already lost. Oh. <laughs> 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 Who was the first rookie of the year for the New York Knicks? Rookie of the, I don't know when they started giving rookie of the year. Okay. One of my questions always is controversial. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not, it's not a bad question. I just yeah. don't know when they started giving it. I got one. Now I feel like it's wrong because I feel like my Uncle Doug had the same idea. Hope I picked the right player. That's what a bull makes. Or the the red red ox. I'm not even sure. Red ox. I'm just guessing. All right, I'm ready. Uh, Okay, ready? Yep. How about Ewing? I started with Ewing, but I went Bernard King. I also went Bernard King. That's exactly what I put too. (laughs) Willis Reed. Uh, In the '60s? Wow. Did he get Rookie of the Year in the '60s? Mm -hmm. I did not realize it went that far back. Me neither. Yeah, because I thought about Frazier, and I was like, oh, I might be too old. But it was even more earlier than that. Yeah. All right. All right. That's everybody, correct? Yep. yep. All right. So we actually gave out a whole bunch of points this week uh, for the first time in a while. <laughs> so the standings are as follows. Ray with 13. Woo! Alex with 19. Doug and Drew both with 25. And Wade with 29. Woo! Woo! So, Wade extends his lead again. Um, that being said, we appreciate you tuning in for our Chris Weber episode. Um, and we will appreciate you tuning in next week for our James Harden episode. Is that correct? Are we James Harden next week? Yeah. Yep, James Harden. And uh, who will be defended by... Wade and Drew? Wade and Drew, yep. Yeah, I know. I'm real prepared here. Sorry, guys. You're changing um, the minds next week. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. You two like to piggyback off other people's arguments, so it's going to be interesting to see what you two We've do. already discussed while watching South Park. No worries. That's true. <laughs> That's just true. Who's uh, going to be Kenny and die during the episode? <laughs> you got to fall on that sword, buddy. I'm definitely Cartman. I'm not Kyle. <laughs> So anyway, we appreciate your listen. Please tune in next Thursday for the James Harden episode. And uh, thanks for listening to Sports the Nemo Way.